Support for Hang Time is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. So, I gotta tell you, great product. I'm not gonna go into detail about my experience with the product, or especially not with my experience using, you know, in that same walk of life without the product. Let me just say, though, that if you're a guy, you know that uh, trimming your ball hair is the most stressful, anxiety-inducing thing that you do basically outside of your career and parenting. It's those three. It's like your career, it's parenting, and it's dealing with anything around your balls. Like, especially if you play sports, you know, it's it sucks. But this makes it so much better. It's literally, it's the best experience possible. Um, they've redesigned the electric trimmer, and they've actually, they spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, which is what they sent me. And uh, it's like a Tesla, man. It's like, it's so much technologically superior to anything else that could be in this field. To the point where I go, if you're another ball hair trimmer company and you're putting out a substandard trimmer, then you should feel like garbage. Because you just don't click care about your clients. Like, they're, they got a third generation trimmer. It's advanced skin safe technology. It's literally the cutting edge technology at Manscaped. And if you're providing your male clients with substandard technology in that realm, yeah, I hate you. I just, I don't even need to know you and I hate you. Uh, the battery lasts 90 minutes. Nobody is, if you need to use all 90 minutes, that means you're doing you and six friends. Nobody needs 90 minutes. So you'll be fine with that. Waterproof, that's great. LED light, that helps. The LED light's useful. It's like Ray Allen on the heat. Like, it can put you over the top, make the experience better, get you a championship. But if you're leaning, you need other lights going on as well. Don't lean too heavy on that LED light. Like, it's your, have other lights going in the room, you're going to have a great experience. Uh, 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Love the quiet stroke technology. You don't want to announce to the world what you're doing when you're doing that. 7,000 RPM motor. I wouldn't have known the difference between that and a 6,000 RPM motor, but great motor. Great motor. Like, uh, you know, great motor like, like Jimmy Butler. A great motor like Jimmy Butler. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's got a charging stand that's easy to use. And, uh, most importantly, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code time HANG, H-A-N-G. So, go to manscaped.com, get, type in the code HANG, H-A-N-G, and get 20% off free shipping. So, you heard that? 20% off free shipping with the, at manscaped.com with the code HANG. And, uh, if you're, if this isn't the product for you, sorry you're to hear about it, but if this isn't the product for you, 
but it's the product for somebody you might encounter in the future. I hope it gets to their ears on your behalf because it's just a terrific product. I'm going to say it again. It's the Tesla of ball groomers, like the the car, not like the guy. It's like the Tesla car of, of ball groomers, cutting-edge technology. Go to manscaped.com, use the code HANG, and get 20% off. The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. The Underdog Sports Podcast Network presents Hang Time, a pro basketball podcast. Welcome to the Hang Time Podcast. I'm Will Posnan, and I'm joined by my co-host, New York Liberty Center, Kia Stokes. What up, what up? And uh, we are, we're right at the the finish line of the NBA playoffs, but by the time this comes out, we might have a new champion. But let's start by talking about the WNBA playoffs and the new WNBA champion. And actually, no, let's start with, um, just let's talk about how you felt about this season uh let's start as a player first how how do you feel about this season and uh and moving forward um this season whoo a lot of emotions <laughs> about it honestly um obviously super excited that we actually had a season it was definitely wishy-washy throughout the whole quarantine process i was talking to our manager uh, with new york and every other day she's like yeah i think we're gonna have one Next day, uh, it's not looking too good. Oh, well, we might have one. Uh, it's not looking too good. So I really didn't know what to expect. So once they kind of finalized everything and they said we were going to have our full salary for only like 22 games, super hype. You know, you can't <laughs> really get a better – you can't get a better deal than that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I thought in the beginning. Um, But actually being in Florida was way harder than I ever could have imagined. I mean, there were a lot of – minor inconveniences that are just annoying but at the end of the day like not a big deal for example i didn't get my golf cart to ride around oh, campus oh yeah i saw if people don't know you guys made a funny web series called the lounge <laughs> and there's really, only three episodes yeah it was a mini series <laughs> but you guys it, it might get an emmy but you guys uh really went into detail about the golf cart and i think that was a shame i thought that it would have really just for the sake of the lounge having like a a you know a really great ending like a epic ending you guys should have went outside and there was just a golf cart with a bow like a lexus commercial oh my gosh that would have been amazing but unfortunately <laughs> that didn't happen um so yeah like i didn't get my golf cart so we had to ride our bikes around campus and anyone that knows florida knows it's super hot and humid and rains every other hour so i was always caught in the rain or always sweating there was no in between so that part was terrible. Um, <laughs> and also games every other day. You know, as an athlete, you're always like, oh, my God, practice. We talking about practice. Like, <laughs> you know, but having games every other day was so hard. So I take it back. Like, I <laughs> I would have rather have a few extra practice days and rest days because it was really, really hard on our bodies. And unfortunately, there were a lot of injuries that happened. And I think it's because, you know, we weren't all – all as in all the players ready for a season. Um, after being in quarantine, some people didn't have access to gyms. Um, some people weren't able to stay in shape. And then it's kind of just 
boom, in the season games every other day. So that part was really, really tough. And, you know, fortunately, I came out of the bubble healthy, um, which was really good. But that was tough. And um, hopefully next year we won't be in a bubble. Um, but if we do have to be in some sort of bubble or single site, there'll be a little more planning um, so we can kind of eliminate those minor conveniences and try to spread out the schedule a little more. That's my hope anyways. I have no idea. So no, don't quote me on any of that. <laughs> I think that that's really interesting. So you would say that being in the bubble and playing really playing every other day that was harder than a schedule that included more practices and more travel? Uh, Yeah, honestly, because when you have more practice time, you can you don't have to go hard every day. And so in the bubble, our team was so young. We had seven rookies uh, before Sabrina got hurt. Um, and then we brought in another second player. So we, we were so young. We needed the practice time. So it's not like we could just those days in between games, we couldn't just take them off, you know, because we needed to try to work on our our offense, our defense, our everything that we had to do because we were so young. So if we had a normal season, we would still be young and we'd still need those practice days, but they wouldn't have to be the full two-hour practices on the off day, like in between the games. So it was that that part took a lot to get used to. It's just like we always just going, 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 going. Um, and I think I averaged the most minutes from <laughs> on the on the team for the season, which was crazy to me because that hasn't happened since high school, honestly. Um, but yeah, it was just, you know, a learning experience, but I definitely wish we had more practice time because we needed like to work on stuff. And then you also have more time to rest too, because games are, they're hard on your body. Like they really are. And I didn't realize it until you really play every other day. Do you think that the games were more competitive because you have to see all the people you're playing against every day, basically? Or do you think they're less competitive because you don't have the crowd? Um, no, they're or, definitely more competitive. Yeah. Uh, because, and I I mean, the no crowd thing was, it, it was weird at first, but I also played like my last five games in Turkey with no crowd. So I was kind of like used to it, you know? And we always have scrimmages where there's no crowd. So it's, it's you think of it like that, like you're just, you know, in the game and you're just trying to play. It just sucks when you go on a run. You don't have the crowd hyping you up. But it also works in reverse when you're <laughs> going on a little bad run there and then nobody is, you know, cheering on the other team. So, you know, it balances out. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it would it, – it felt like watching that uh, you guys adjusted pretty quickly to not having the crowd. Like, And it, it seemed like – it just seemed very competitive. I don't know – how, yeah, you know. well, especially, not to cut you off, but especially our league, we only, because we had to do our full season, we only had 22 games, so every game mattered. I mean, even until the very last game at the end, there were four teams uh, fighting for the last spot. So every single game mattered to a lot of teams, and that's why I think you saw there was so much, you know, competitiveness and just everyone just tried to win and gave their all every game, and I think that's another reason why it was so hard playing every other game because even okay even though we weren't even close to making playoffs a lot of teams were like you guys are really tough to play against because we would go so hard because that's the only thing we could do we just kind of fell short a lot of the time in the fourth quarter and then teams would go on like you know a 20 to 4 run and then <laughs> it's kind of over for us but you know we, we really had to play hard and I think that's kind of why or how we were able to stay in a lot of games until like I said the fourth quarter and then we kind of fell apart no I thought First of all, 
definitely cut me off when I'm trying to think of the reason for something and you know exactly it. Because once you were like, there's only 22 games and every game meant more, I was like, oh, yeah, that's the exact reason. It's like if somebody's trying to remember the directions for a place in your head and you know the directions to get there, you just go, shut up, you turn left, you go straight for two blocks, and then you turn. Like, that's fine. No problem with that. I also okay. – no, that was cool. But I also – 100% agree with you that uh, – you know what makes sense to me is that since you guys played so hard, the practices for the Liberty would have been even more impactful because you guys were playing so hard and so fast. And when you're playing fast with rookies, there's just these little opportunities for little mistakes that mess you up, and you would see that. Oh, yeah. And Ooh. so practices would have really – I, it looked like you guys were really hard to play, and teams had to play their best to beat you. But then in the fourth quarter, teams could just not make mistakes, and you guys would make a few mistakes, and it would be the difference. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that we were in every game because, I mean, we lost to Seattle by 45 one game, lost to Minnesota <laughs> by like 30. Like, you know, but it took, okay, besides Seattle, because they were just a, a well-oiled machine. Like, they were just really unstoppable at, at a certain point. Like, they were tough. But even the Vegas game, Vegas was in the finals, right? Yeah. Like, they they were runners-up. And we, first of all, I think it was the first time we played them, and we almost won. We had the ball. We were down one with .5 seconds left. And then it was our ball and our basket. And so we had drew this loud play up for Nay, who was this, like, super athletic girl. She went to Duke, like, amazing athlete, right? Drew up a loud play for her. So before, when the ref hands the ball, we're just, uh, I don't even know who took it out, but we're running the play. And then before she even throws it in, the uh, clock people started the clock early. And so we were so pissed because as soon as she starts the clock, the clock goes off, but then we throw the ball and bounce and then we score. But they're like, oh, no, review the play. And then they're like, oh, the clock people messed up. We got to redo the play. We're like, <laughs> what the hell? We had the win in our hands. Like, we had it, and the play worked, and she was so open. But it was the score tables that messed it up, and I was so mad. But that's my thing. is like, that was Vegas. They were the top – they were one of the top teams all season. I think they finished uh, with the one seed. Like, they were yeah. really, really good. They and did. then, like, we had a chance to beat them. And then it was, like, a stupid score table mistake. And, of course, they're not perfect, but come on. Like, no, that's, that was... that's crunch time. You got to be – you got to be focused. So there were a lot of games like that where we were just right there – and we could have won. I wouldn't say all of our games were like that. But, like, we, if we played really well and we stuck to our defense and we actually, you know, hit some shots, um, we were actually pretty good. And I think we matched up well with Vegas because they're a very post-dominant team. And I think our post players are pretty good. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, it just it just sucks. Like, there were so many games we were just right there. But and even was... our last game against Dallas, like, we were right there and just lost. And <sighs> But whatever. <laughs> but that Vegas game was one of the best games of the whole season. Like, I think that – but I think you're exactly right. You guys were right there in a lot of games. And also, the whole team's going to be – there's – I mean, there's really only – yeah, the whole team, basically. So I don't single anybody out. The whole team is going to be better next year than they were this year. So I think that you guys are in a really good position. And, uh, you know, you're – the two top two draft picks that you guys have will be back next year. So I think that you guys are in an exciting position. Yeah. Like we still have a long way to go. Don't get me wrong. We're not going to be Seattle next year, um, but we can definitely be in playoff contention. And then once the playoffs happen, you never know, especially with this dumbass single elimination shit. Yeah. That like, shit needs to change. Anything can happen. That shit is really stupid. Does. That is so stupid. But, like, 
but anything can happen those first two rounds. So like maybe we just play really well and we, you know, we sneak our way in or we're playing well the, all the whole season and we just, you know, keep it going. Like you never know, like once playoff starts, but the, the key we got to do is just make sure we get into playoffs. Um, like I said, my first three years, we were so good. And then the last three, not as good. So we just got to get back to you guys how we were three years ago. You're going to be back there. I feel good about that. Well, let's, so you mentioned Seattle twice. Let's talk about them. Are they one of the great WNBA teams of all time? Um, or with the bubble, does it make it tough to compare? I mean, they were one of the teams. It makes it tough to compare. I mean, great. Don't get me wrong. Like, especially once they got Stewie and Jewel, like, it was amazing. It was just a matter of time because they have a great point guard in Sue Bird. And then you have Stewie, who's one of the most winningest female basketball players and male basketball players, honestly, if you look at all four. Yeah. NCAA, she got an Olympic ring, like she got EuroLeague, now she got two WBA rings. Like this girl just wins. She's the best so, player in the world, right? Or is it is it Deladon or is it her? Um, I would say Stewie. Maybe I'm biased because, you know, yeah. <laughs> I played with her for three years. Um, but and she's so young. Like she's doing all this and she's only twenty six or No, I yeah, think it's her too. So, I mean, watching that final the game three, like that was like Kobe S, Jordan S, like just Every shot Man. she took, not only was she going to make it, but she was going to make it and then find somebody to stare at angrily or she would just have, like, <laughs> the zombie expression. Like, it's just – there was a point in the second quarter where the Aces realized they were going to get swept. And that that's, like – I've only seen Kobe do that, where team a team knows they're going to be beat in the second quarter. Yeah, she was, I mean, they're, she's amazing. Their team is really good. But what's crazy is going back to when she first got drafted, or even before that, Seattle sucked. They were the team that had four and five and seven wins on a season. Like, that's how they got Jewel. That's how they got Suey. So it's like everyone has their turn when it comes to, like, who's going to be the next, you know, dynasty, the great team. And so right now Seattle is that team. And, of course, there's other contenders. Like, D.C., if they had their full roster, they're going to be up there. Yeah. Vegas, too, they're going to be great. Like, there's a lot of other teams. But, like, right now I would definitely say it's Seattle. And even going into next year, like, Seattle will be the team to beat because they had their full roster this year, and they're going to – I mean, I don't know what they're going to do in the off season, but everyone, you know, wants to be better. But – you know, they're the team that's, you know, on top of the world right now. And, uh, you know, we're just going to wait. New York's going to wait our little turn, and we're going to be back on top. But you guys you know, are eventually. You guys are like <laughs> – Yeah, yeah. You guys are the team with exciting rookies and young guys. And, you know, you guys are – I would feel good about being a Liberty fan. Like, there's some teams – like, I would honestly be – really frustrated if I was a Sparks fan more so because of the single elimination thing like I didn't feel like like they had one bad game and they're out of the playoffs and that was a good mm -hmm. team I'd be um, yeah and LA is always their roster is always so good I mean I think Chelsea Gray is one of the best point guards I mean I played with her for two years overseas and I think she's amazing and Candace Parker her resume just speaks for itself like they have those are their leaders right and they have NECA who was an MVP one of the most efficient players ever like Unfortunately, Neca didn't play in that one game yeah. because I think she had a migraine or a concussion or something. But it's like they have a great roster, too. And that's what sucks about the single elimination thing, because if somebody's hurt or somebody has an off game, like that's it. Yeah. And then you're you're done. Like all that all that work you just did for the last two months in the bubble, busting your ass, playing every other day. 
just to lose like one game and that's it. Like, oh, I hate it. I hate it so no, much. No, it's so dumb. They need to change it. Also because the playoffs are kind of where basketball players get to become stars. Like you look at what happened in the NBA with Jamal Murray mm-hmm. and a bunch of other guys. I mean, you know, all around, like even with Luca, like Luca probably got twice as famous during this playoffs. And for yeah, he really, was going crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it, it like it really sells players short that uh, like in the WNBA that one game and they're out. Like I thought that Nafisa Collier like really made a name for herself in the WNBA mm-hmm. playoffs, and uh, and Crystal Dangerfield's gonna be so good. Like yeah, she's good. And, I mean the thing with I think Nafisa really made a name for herself her rookie year because she got rookie of the year and then she go-to option as a rookie when they made the playoffs and I think that's that's incredible for a rookie to just like kind of shoulder that burden I don't know if she would call it a burden but just to kind of be the star of rookie year like that's crazy and she definitely stepped up to the plate like she's gonna be so good for so long and Minnesota definitely they gonna hold on to her because she's gonna be good and then her with Crystal and Crystal I didn't I didn't know much about her like I watched her in college I don't necessarily like know her personally that well but um I heard like she was a steal. I mean, I feel like she should have gone higher. She's a really great point guard. Um, so I think, like, those two together is going to be – it's going to be troublesome for a lot of people, besides New York, because we're going to be, <laughs> you know, the next the next great team. You feel me? Yeah. No, I'm 100% on board. <laughs> and with, with Nafisa, I'm talking about, like, the Luka thing. Like, people already knew about Luka. He's the rookie of the year, too. But, like – Oh, yeah, yeah, Then yeah. there's the thing of being in the playoffs and going to – like – I thought of everybody, she played Seattle the best. And then on Seattle's side, I thought that, you know, there's probably a lot more people who know who Jordan Canada is, who know who Jewel Lloyd – like, Jewel Lloyd was amazing basically from the beginning of the season to the end. Like, you know, she – like, I know she's already a champion, but I thought that she jumped a level in people's minds too. Oh, I agree. And it's crazy because if you look at her stats for the finals, she was playing great. It was just she had a 28-point game, but Stewie had 37. <laughs> like, how you just bypass 27 points and however many assists and however many steals? Like, she played great, too. And that's another reason why they're so good because they have so many great players. And even, like, Natasha Howard is one of their great players, too. And she maybe didn't play the best in the finals, but she's still, like, a key part of that team. It's just like they have so many weapons. But yeah. it's just, like, the fact that Stewie just goes out for 37 and 28 or whatever, like, those are that's the face that people are going to see. But, like I said, their team is so good. And even if Stewie was missing their shots, they have other people that are going to step up. Like, that's just how good they are. No, that's why I think that you guys are also in a really good position, like you and Dallas and Minnesota, the younger teams, because next year with Washington and Seattle, it's going to be a bloodbath at the top. And I would just be annoyed if I was an Aces fan or a, or a Sparks fan just because, like, those teams are so good, but it feels like it feels like there's going to be two Golden State Warrior caliber teams next year. It's going to be, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the perfect way to describe it because it's going to be, it's going to be a fight. Yeah. And that's going to be tough. And it's, and like I said, be, being the, the seeding really matters in our league now because after every round, it, it um, they reseed it. So even if uh, eight upsets the five, whoever's the one seed is still going to play, you know, the eight seed. Like, it's not going to – you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, they, yeah, I think so. <laughs> 
Yeah, like it's you know, it's not like if there's an upset and then you know the one seed has to play the five and then the two has to play the eight. Like no, the one's always going to play the lowest seed and the two is going to take the harder team. So that's why it's always a fight for the one and two spots. Yeah, and with that, with I also don't like the buy to be honest. Like I think like that is a giant advantage, and uh, not only that, but it's I just think it's. It's a giant advantage, and it hurts the teams that are that fight their way through those first two rounds because they come out of those first two rounds and then they're going against. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it for. I understand why it exists in football because that's such like a brutal sport. But yeah, I I wish they completely changed how they did the WNBA playoffs. Ah oh, man, me too. I liked it when I was my rookie year. It was you know west, east, and the west. Um, I mean, I, I do like the top eight. Like, I think that is good. But, you yeah. know, the first two rounds or, the yeah, the first two rounds were best, you know, two of three. And then it goes to three of five. And I feel like it should be at least that. Yeah, that's perfect. Or if they really got to do the single elimination shit, like, just do it the first round. But the first two, like, come on. Like, that's all your hard work all season just to lose. Yeah. Like, that happened my second year. We were the third seed. So we had the first round. Bye. And then we played the second round single elimination, and then we lost like Phoenix, like because they have Diana. Of course, like she's amazing. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't put her. And you know what like they the could do? Seed. They were the eighth seed, right? And we were the fifth or the third, so we had to play them because we were the highest out of like the last, the four remaining. So it was like us versus them. I'm like, Phoenix is not a damn eight seed right now. Like, no, that's crazy. <laughs> they just start off the season shitty, and then they just went on like a seven game win streak going into the playoffs. Like, all right. This is a fair. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they could do is they could have like so they got one through eight, so they could do one and eight and two and seven are single elimination games, and then three and six and four and five are best of three for the first round, and then it goes best of three and then best of five for the finals. Like that would feel fair, but to have would it though? Because if you're a one seed playing a single elimination, you're gonna be pissed. If you lose, but you would think that, like, okay, if Washington, you would think. So let's say Washington's hypothetically in a single elimination game, and the seven seed is, I don't know, it's uh, Chicago or something. Like, if they lose that game, if like Deladon and Tina Charles and all of them, if they lose to that Chicago team then they shouldn't go to the next round. Like, it's not like they're playing their sim- single elimination game against the Aces, you know? I don't know. That's But that's how I feel about I it. I mean, I know what you're saying, but I also know that our league is so competitive, like, that any – I just feel like anything can happen in one game. Like, that's what makes March Madness so crazy is that it's one game. You only have to play well one game. All right, what about – So imagine being a one seed – like I don't think there should be any single elimination games. What like if I shouldn't. But if there was, what about it this? would be like the five. Okay, let me hear. What if it's a single elimination game if the top seed wins, but if the bottom seed wins, then it's best of three. I mean, I'd be cool with that, but who is gonna? <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair to me. That's interesting. But I know like, that it could happen. I don't I mean, know if they could do that. Why not? Why can't they do it? I just don't think it's – I don't think anyone would be okay with that. <laughs> so just me and you and no one else would be okay with it? Yeah. I mean because I'm thinking like 
the chances of us being the one seed next year are very slim. So I should be in favor of, yeah, single elimination game, first round, like one and one and eight, single elimination, like before the eight seed. Yeah, we only got to win once and then we're there, right? That sounds great. But I just know realistically, like, if I work my ass off all season and get that one seed, I don't want that shit to go to waste because these this AC team just hit 10 threes that they haven't done all season, and that's how they won. Like, I think that's bullshit. So I just know, like, it's not fair, you know. That's but I guess that's, but I just hate that's the magic of sports. So it could be best of three. I mean, I, I think that's better than a buy. I just hate buys in basketball because it's – I don't know. I just think that um, in these single elimination games – uh, they have to go so hard against each other. That's another part of it too. Like these single elimination games are like bloodbaths, and then you go to the next round, and the teams, the other teams, completely rested. And I just don't mm-hmm. like it. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was crazy to go from single elimination, single elimination. Okay, best of five. Yeah. Like, what? That was. <laughs> you ain't gonna throw thing. a two out of three in there. That was like, like if you had to race a guy, and you go a hundred foot race, a hundred foot race. 20 mile race it's like what are we exactly even testing for we're not te- these are none of the same skills that being said i do think the right team won the uh the finals though oh yeah i agree i think um seattle even from the moment well once they beat us by 45 i said oh shit <laughs> <laughs> all it takes they're is really that good. subtle thing of beating you guys by 45 and you're like you know i think they're good like very good and you want to know what's crazy? As I was talking hella shit, okay, not like for real, for real, but like joking, because we played them the first game of the season, right? Like our, us versus them was a season op- season opener for the league. And we only lost by like 16 or 18. So yeah, I'm like, oh my God, Seattle's, like, Seattle's not even that good. Like they talk, <laughs> they hyping everybody up. They hyping them. They're not even all that good. I was wrong. I was totally wrong. They had an <laughs> off game. Like they had an off game. And we actually played pretty decent. I think we were like super, super excited. And we we're just happy to play again. And yeah, we was it was a little misleading on in my part. What was, but once um once I saw them playing against other teams, I was like, wow, yeah, they're really they're really good. What was the worst shit you talked? What was the like the best trash talk you said for the whole season? I'm not much of a trash talker, but there was this one game we were playing Indiana, and they have a girl who's six seven, Tierra McCowan. I think she went to Mississippi State, but she's like. She's really big. Like, she's solid, and she's 6'7", right? So she was, like, low-key balling. Like, she was hitting tough shots that she normally wouldn't hit. Um, like, usually she, like, plays around the paint, but she was hitting some jumpers, some little turnaround things. So I was just frustrated, right? And then she had – she did one move, like, going to her left hand, and I blocked it, right? And they called a foul. And I was so pissed off. And I – okay, excuse my language. No. But I was like – yo, that's not a fucking foul. She's six fucking seven. Like, I yelled it to the ref. And he was like, hey, so And I was like, oh, my bad. Because I, I usually don't show emotion. Like, I'm usually, like, trying to keep a straight face. I try to be solid. Like, don't get too high. Don't get too low, right? But I was so mad. I'm like, yo, she's six fucking seven. She, like, yeah, she's a giant, but her shot can still get blocked. Like, I was so I was so mad. And then our coach was like, yeah, you good? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Leave me alone. <laughs> but, like, I don't necessarily talk trash, but I was so mad at that one time. And, like, we played, I don't even know who it was, but, like, I had a block. And I was like, yeah, give me that shit. Like, just stupid <laughs> shit like that. But, like, Diana, she be talking hella shit. Her shit is funny. Jasmine Jones, our rookie, she came in the league talking shit. I'm like, Jazz, can you relax, please? Because they're going to come for your neck if you keep talking like this. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, you know, some people like to talk. Some people don't. I just try to play and then, you know, 
complain to the rest every now and then. But it <laughs> so was like not Tim a Duncan. That's you're basing it. You're doing the Tim Duncan model. <laughs> I mean, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, let's let's move to the NBA. Let's talk a little bit. So, are you stressed right now? Okay. First of all, all these games are really pissing me off because they're at four in the morning. So I'm trying to sleep, right? But I always wake up. I can never sleep through the night, right? So, like, yesterday I woke up at, like, 5. It was still the second quarter, right? But then my Wi-Fi stopped working. Like, how does my Wi-Fi just stop working for 12 hours? I was so mad because I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, I'm up. I don't have to be up until 10. Like, I'm about to watch the rest of the game, trying to get this shit to load. It's not loaded. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm stressed. Then I, like all right, whatever, I'm going to just go to sleep, right? Something in my body must have known because I wake up and <laughs> it's the fourth quarter. I'm checking ESPN. I'm like, oh, my God, refresh, refresh, refresh. Um, and I see the Lakers are down by, like, I don't know what it was, whatever. It's, like, three minutes left. I'm, like, going crazy. And then I see they're up one, and then I see they're down one, and then there's, like, nine seconds left. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't take it anymore. And then when I didn't get a notification that said, oh, the Lakers are the new champs, I said, oh, my God, the Lakers – they lost. God damn it. <laughs> and then this morning when I got my Wi-Fi, I seen what happened. I said, wow, this yeah. is how this is what happened. But, like, props to Miami. Like, they're playing their heart out. And Jimmy Butler's doing amazing. But, no, I'm pissed. I need the Lakers to – they got to get it together. Like, I said – just... Yeah. <sighs> no, I, I said Lakers in six before the series started. And I feel like this is kind of what I imagined, is that the Lakers would be a little bit more talented – but Miami just – they – I mean, you know, people talk about, like, heart of a champion and that kind of stuff. And I thought with, uh, you know, with the WNBA playoffs, like, the thing that jumped out at me is that the Storm were the one team that had – like, they had heart of a champion stuff where they felt like they – yeah, it just felt like they were going to trample whoever got in their path. But in the NBA, like last year in the finals, I felt like both the Warriors and the Raptors had that where they both were just going to do whatever it took to win. And this year I feel the same way where like both of these teams have that thing of they're going to do what it takes and they're elevating each other. Yeah, they, I think they are. And I think everyone loves – not everyone because I want the Lakers to win, but I think the Lakers are the favorites, you know. Tell me if I'm wrong. No, so everyone no, loves a good underdog. Everyone wants a dog fight. And Miami got that dog in them. Like, they are not going out without a fight. And even the games that the uh, L.A. won, like, they weren't easy games. No, like, I but... feel like Miami's always been in it. Even when, um, what's his name, was out with his foot. And then the other dude, the one who had the block on Tatum. What's his name? Out of bio. Yeah, like, even when they were out, I'm like, yo, you should have killed them. Right. Yeah. And they did it. I'm like, yo, Lakers, like, what you doing? Like, don't just think this is gonna, they well, gonna give it to you. Like, well, they're in the finals for a reason. The Heat have a way better coach. That is a factor. Like, I think Spolster is the best coach in the NBA. And not that Vogel's bad, but so when you do get to watch the end of the game, there's a moment. So Danny Green misses an open shot, um, mm -hmm. and then the rebound goes to Markeith Morris, and there's four seconds left. And if I'm Vogel, 10 times out of 10, I call timeout immediately. Like, I don't want that game decided by a, that guy making a decision with four seconds left. And he doesn't, and Markeith Morris throws the ball out of bounds on, like, a really bad pass to Anthony Davis. 
Like, you know a pass oh. is bad when Anthony Davis can't get to it. Like, it's one thing. Yeah. If you're throwing it to Paul Millsap <laughs> and you don't hit him in the hands and it's like, okay, you know, he's a smaller power forward. you got to really get that entry pass perfect. But, like, if Anthony mm-hmm. Davis can't get to your pass, you really fucked up that pass. Yeah. Yeah. So Vogel should have taken the time out. But, okay, if you're the coach in that situation, are you – I mean, you're not a coach. But are you, watching, are you thinking? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, but, like, are you instinctively, like, just ready to call a timeout? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, that's punch time. What else like, are that's... you doing? You have LeBron on your team, so you know that with four seconds left, you can still get the ball into LeBron's hands and let him make a decision. But, yeah, if I'm if I'm the coach on that team in that situation, ten times you're out just of ready. ten – even if it's like, even if the ball's in Kuzma's hands, like I just, in that situation, I want LeBron to make the decision. Like up until there's like two seconds left and an imbalanced play gets tricky, but to me that's the job of the coach. It's like sit, being able to protect your players to put them in the best situation. No, I agree. I just know. I feel like for me personally, I might just be so into actually watching the game, I forget to call a timeout. Like that's how. I, that's well, why I don't think I'll be a good coach because I think I'll start watching the game like, oh, that was crazy, <laughs> instead of like, oh, what play we running? Like you know. But maybe be, that's just because I'm not. <laughs> you're gonna be the first coach on the sidelines with popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I should be an assistant. <laughs> yeah, with like a maybe big two-liter movie coach. theater soda. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you see that? Yo, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's my only thing. I just feel like maybe he just wasn't, like, ready, you know, to call it. But yeah. as a coach, he, I feel like you got to be ready in all those situations because of shit like that. Like, you have to be and like the one to take control. You know, if you're the coach of the Lakers, you know that you got Morris out there for his toughness. And because, you know, you got to guard him. <laughs> he can't be wide open. So, like, he's a guy that they have to put a defender on. But right. if you, if the ball's in his hands and he's not in a shooting motion, that's not what you want, and you know that. And he's holding – he holds on to the ball for like a second and a half. So I, I thought that was inexcusable. Oh, wow. Like I actually thought Vogel – that was all on him to me. Like, I mean, it's a little bit on Danny Green so... for missing the shot. LeBron's pass to Danny Green wasn't a great pass. People aren't going to talk about that, but that's fine. But, uh Yeah. So you think that Vogel should be getting more slander on Twitter than Danny Green? Because they yes. are eating Danny Green alive. Dude, they're – And the, I feel bad because he's a really nice guy. The most disrespectful honestly, thing in the world <laughs> is people photoshopping the back of his jersey that says how many more to how many more, more? more wide-open fucking shots am I going to miss? That's the most disrespectful oh my thing I've ever seen on Twitter. And, you know, the president tweets every day, and that's the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, it's really bad. And I feel so bad because, like, half my timeline, like, my friends in college, they're, like, all LeBron fans slash Laker fans, right? And then there's, like, three guys that are just anti-LeBron. I love Steph Curry, right? <laughs> so it's just funny because one of the guys that is a LeBron fan, every time Danny Green misses a shot, his I go to his Twitter page right away because he's like, why is he in the game? Get him out the game. Why is he here? Like, he be talking so much shit. I'm like, damn, like, let my man live. 100%. But they are paying him mad bread. Yeah, I mean, they should have ran that same play for KCP instead of Danny Green just because Danny Green's cold right now. Like, and that's the other thing that I think is really unfair is, like, people get on shooters when they're cold because, 
like as though a shooter can never go like a good shooter can never go cold and then when a shooter no, is hot they can't. <laughs> yeah people have nope. it in their brain it's like everybody in the world is bad at their job sometimes but a good shooter can never have a cold streak but then you know if a shooter's hot they're just doing their job unless they're like clay exactly like, you literally have to be clay thompson for people to be like this guy's going above and beyond as a shooter right no it's really crazy and i'm like yo he can make shots but even paul george um when they was you know talking shit about him and he, like yeah you just know like they're capable of doing something so when they don't do it you just get pissed With like paul george people do i thought that i thought that the thing that was a more fair criticism is that once once he started playing elite defense against jamal murray and it didn't slow Murray down at all, he stopped playing elite defense. Like, he just mm-hmm. stopped giving that 110%. And I'm not saying that it would have made an effect because Murray was, like, on another planet. I don't think anybody was slowing him down. But I thought that was inexcusable to, like, let your effort drop off because you weren't getting the result you wanted. But I actually think that the problem on that team is that because Kawhi is quiet, like, Harrell is the leader on that team, and Harrell is unplayable when uh jokic is on the other team so it's like when your leader should be on the bench all series like it just won't work yeah it was just tough but they was like talking hella shit and then everyone i think he came out with an article saying how it was hard in the bubble or something or maybe it was a players tribune article or something yeah and it was just so bad because like mental health is a really big issue and like people that aren't in a bubble like don't realize what it's like there's a racism to that too there's a racism to that because when Kevin Love talks about mental health, everybody shuts up and listens. And then when Paul yeah. George does it, people are like boohoo. And that that shit's right. Fucked up. It's really it's really messed up. And it was just crazy because he's talking about oh, yeah, how he's in a dark place. This, this PG thirteen. I mean, <laughs> no, it's just in case my mom's listening. I don't want her to know. I swear this much. I mean, she definitely knows, but I try not to say the f bomb too much unless I'm yelling at the refs. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I was just reading the comments, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, if he's so uh, worried about what people are saying, just don't log on the Internet. Like, just don't read the comments. Like, you shouldn't be that affected by social media. Like, come on. Like, it's a part of our world these days. Like, you can't – I hate when people say that. No, and it's, 100%. like, it's, it's a big deal. Like, being in a bubble, we had a whole two-page um, – I don't even know what to call Like, we got a two-page pamphlet of, like, to adjusting life outside the bubble, like getting back into a normal life. Like, that's how crazy it is when you're actually trapped and isolated and, like, you don't have contact with the outside world. I mean, you can, like, talk to them, but, like, you don't see people. You see the same people every single day for two months. Like, that's draining. No, it's like a weird TV show. Dude, I should, it should have been a TV show. Honestly, I feel like my life should be a reality show because (laughs) some of the shit that I be doing, it just doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And I feel like, I feel like I've been making hella jokes, but I'm like, I'm not the one that videos everything. Like, I don't put everything on Snapchat. I don't put everything on Instagram. So, it's like, I don't document all this stuff. But I really feel like it'd be funny. No, for sure. I mean, sure. you got a little glimpse from the from our little um thing in the bubble. And that was literally yeah. just me talking, like, how no, I normally talk. You were really funny in that. You were really funny in that. But it also makes me look like I complain a lot. So, I tried to, like, tone it down. I think but people, they were just doing stupid – like, how are you going to order DoorDash with contactless delivery, like, leave it at my doorstep? But they can't even come to my doorstep. We got to go to the clubhouse, 10-minute walk away to grab my food, and then when it's raining, the clubhouse won't even bring it to me. 
Like, make it make sense. That doesn't make any sense to me. So I called a clubhouse. I'm like, yo, can you someone bring my food? Oh, we can't. It's raining. We can't send carts out. Okay, how am I going to get my food? Oh, you can walk and get it. Oh, you want me to walk in the rain? Yeah, because you can't send a car. It's safer. Oh, it's safer to walk in the rain than send a car. Got it. Hung up the phone. I was so mad. Like, that's the shit. Anyways, I don't really want to go back to that. (laughs) Meanwhile, they have, like, a six-camera crew filming Jason Tatum when he reunites with his baby. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it was just funny. It it was just bad. Because, okay, this also sounds bad, too. But I'm riding my bike around campus, right, just sweating hot in the rain walking to get my food like just pissed like just have an attitude for like three days straight just mad right and i'm just thinking like i just know the nba players ain't doing this shit i just know it <laughs> but then i'm like okay let's keep it real we're not the nba like we don't do the same shit the nba do we don't make their money da, da, da. but i'm just like there's no way in hell no, like, there's I heard, no way i heard lebron rides around his bubble in a chariot i mean <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I wish <laughs> that would be that would be hilarious. So yeah, I'm trying to complain less, but that bubble was just, you know what? I had a job. Let me be thankful. Yeah. I got to play basketball. Let me just. I don't go think pick up my DoorDash. I think fine. if people watch the lounge, they're not going to think you complain too much. They're just going to think it's funny. I thought that it was really funny, and uh, yeah. So, do you think that the Lakers win Game Six? Back to the, back to the <laughs> NBA Finals. <laughs> um, I really hope they win Game Six because they need to stop messing around. I know, like, uh, like, what are they waiting on? Like, what's the problem? You want you want to be dramatic? Like, what, what's the deal here? <laughs> Just win. Like, it don't have to go to Game Six. It don't have to go to Game Seven. It should have happened. Should have been done at Game Four. I think I'll that, give you Game Five, but I think that what <sighs> happened was like with Game Five was that. Um, the Heat are just so physical, and LeBron started hitting threes, so he started playing a little less physical. And then the rest of the Lakers were like, okay, so we can play a little less physical. And it's like, no, you guys should all be dominating your guy. But then also Anthony Davis got hurt, so like I think that when you see, when you see an, another player get hurt, does it make you a little bit scared that it could happen to you next? Like, Does it put that in the front of your mind at all? Um, sometimes, like, right when it happens, yeah, but then once you get back to playing, it's kind of, like, you just get back into, like, your habit of playing a game. Like, it's not necessarily in the back of my mind, if that makes sense. Got it. Like, there was a, um, two years ago, we were playing, um, in Turkey, and then one of our young girls got in the game, because we were playing, like, a super shitty team. So one of our young girls got in the game, and then she ended up tearing her ACL, and so we were all just like, oh my god, like, what the fuck, like, no, I mean, what the hell, like, we don't want to see this, like, we were really, you know, kind of hurt and, like, kind of, like, freaked out by it, right, so then, like, once she goes in the locker room and then they start the game again, you know, you're kind of hesitant at first, and then it's, like, once you start going again, you're, like, okay, we're just playing, back to playing basketball, because that's one thing that I've noticed is, like, when you play hesitant or, like, you try to go half speed, that's kind of, like, when more injuries happen, because you're, you don't have, I think it's hard to control your body going half speed than, like, actually just going, full speed and like making sure you get to the right spot or like going hard because i feel like that's when you're more engaged like your muscles are working and you're more like ready to react that kind of thing at least that's how i feel personally no i think that makes a lot of sense yeah and i think that so there was a moment where i think the lakers were going half speed right after davis went down and the heat Mm -hmm. build a big lead like 12 points and i just think it took a lot of energy for miami for the lakers to chip away and i also think like one problem i 
with LeBron teams in general is that they just they lean on him to you know like how LeBron is really nice to his teammates relative to the people he's compared to like whether it's mm-hmm. Kobe or MJ <laughs> Michael Jordan yeah like those guys so like LeBron's teammates sometimes are like, okay, as long as we win, as long as we're up by two, we're good. Like, he's not going to – like, Jordan would scream at his guys when they were up by two and shit like that. So sometimes I think LeBron teams are just like – especially if they're going against a really physical team. They just want to play good enough to win, not good enough to dominate. And I think this Heat team, you're going to have to be up by 10 at some point in the fourth quarter to beat them because – they're just so resilient and they fight so hard. Mm-hmm. They do, but they have to. I mean, they made it to the finals for a reason. Yeah, and that's why you can never take a team lightly in the finals. Well, I they mean, we're all the saying, yeah, LA. Yeah, they like shoot. that Bucks team was shoot. good and they punked them. Yeah, I mean they're good and like I said, I think coaching has a lot to do with it. But they like they're they don't think it's like over. Like I know they didn't go into the finals thinking, Oh, we're going to get swept. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah. Like I think there's very few teams that you go into a game thinking like, Oh yeah, we're going to lose this game, but <laughs> let's keep it close. Like I mean, nobody. There was one recently in the W the most recent WNBA game. That was the vibe I got from one team. Okay. Well maybe. <laughs> okay. Let's be, okay. Let's be real. Like when we played against Seattle, I didn't necessarily think we were going to win. But I didn't think we was going to lose by 45. Like, so that's a different case because, okay, we – that was our second time playing Seattle. They just found their stride. Like, we had lost our best rookie. We just brought in somebody else. Like, it was it was a mess. So, and you know, going into the game that – overachieved. Like, the Aces were missing two of their best players. Right. Yeah, with the Erica out, that really hurt them a lot. She's such an energy player. She does a lot for them that you might – I mean, she always, you know, scores her points and rebounds, but she's so high energy. She, like – picks the team up and like carries them along with her like she's very a very very big part of that team so it kind of definitely sucked for them when she was out yeah i think that uh going back to the lakers i think that we get like a almost like that game lebron had against the pistons a million years ago where i think we get a game where lebron just drives and gets i mean really to me the the way that the Lakers win is just by getting Bam in foul trouble by just sending LeBron and Davis at him the entire first quarter. Like, there's a way – like, to me, Bam should not be able to stay on the floor when the Lakers are playing as aggressive as they possibly can because, you know, there's just so many different ways they can attack him. No, I agree. I also think they need to take Jimmy Butler's heart and stomp <laughs> on it. He yeah. is the heart of that team. When he goes, they go. And I feel like it's very clear because in the two games that they have won, he's had a triple-double, what, like 40 points and, what, 35 points? Look. Like, he is their motor. And, yes, they have so many great other options and scores, but, like, he's the dog in them. LeBron, LeBron like, should have started guarding Jimmy Butler as soon as Anthony Davis rolled his ankle. Like, that was kind of yeah. a mistake. Another Frank Vogel mistake, to be honest, because, like, once Anthony Davis had the rolled ankle, Jimmy Butler believed that he could attack him, and you have LeBron there. That was very frustrating. There was a part of me that felt like that was a LeBron thing, like Vogel wouldn't feel comfortable being like, okay, LeBron. But I think game six, that is what has to happen, is LeBron should be on Jimmy Butler 
maybe they share it between him and Anthony Davis, but I think he should be guarding Jimmy Butler a lot, and I think they should be attacking Bam in a in a hundred different ways. I mean, I feel like we should just be the coach of the Lakers at yeah, this point. Well, I, mean... I mean, but once we get to five seconds left and you're eating like nachos. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got that. I'm the assistant. You got the head coach. I'm yeah. gonna be there. Okay. Well, so when I feel like you don't know what you talk about, I'll be like, nah, nah, nah. I'll be shit. like, where's? But then when it's when it's crunch time, you got it. Okay, got yeah, it. I'll it. be like, where's where's my assistant? I need I need the play, and they'll be like, well, you know, DoorDash wouldn't bring it to the court. So. <laughs> I had to walk to get my DoorDash. Sorry, guys. I'll be back at halftime. <laughs> um, imagine if Jason Kidd left the the sideline because he needed his DoorDash. Yeah, I mean, it's, it'll, it would probably happen, honestly. Yeah. Be like, yeah, you guys, handle this. I'm going to go get my DoorDash. I'll see you in the third <laughs> quarter. Um, hold it down. Thanks. Yeah, you Sounds know, about right. LeBron would post something on Instagram, passive-aggressive about you so quick after the game. <laughs> like, I'm no, here to man, win. Like that. <laughs> I'm here to win. I'm not here for DoorDash, sponsored by Grubhub. Like, I'm out here eating on the court. I'm like, all right, LeBron, got you. Got you, sir. My fault. Uh, Man. I like my favorite thing is that uh, when LeBron celebrates now, like he's not into I don't think he I think he's a performer for like the crowd. I think with the crowd not being there, his celebration game has dropped off so significantly. Like he'll do the thing where he flexes after an and one, but he's not even really flexing. He's not even really screaming. He knows there's no one there. He's just kind of half doing it. Yeah, because, like, you look – I mean, at least I think you look stupid. What you going to do, flex – I mean, you can flex to the camera. That's different. What you going to flex to the scores table? Ah, yeah. <laughs> well, Big Anthony dog. Davis, like, no, this, is, <laughs> this is Anthony Davis's, you know, obviously his first time in the finals. He has seized every opportunity to flex and scream. Like, you would think he's playing in the Rose Bowl. I mean, maybe he just wants the good photo ops, you know? I don't put it past him, but I also think it looks stupid. So yeah. Now he's had some great, you know. some great photo op moments. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Anthony Davis, remember last year he was talking about how he wasn't that good. So how you feel about him now? Okay. So let's put that <laughs> into context. So I said that he was the third best big in the NBA. I didn't say he was like below mm-hmm. average or anything. So here's how I feel about that. I think that I was an idiot for putting Embiid above him. Like really, like a Stan mm-hmm. and an idiot. But then I think I was a genius for putting Jokic above him because. And you're going to hate this. I think Jokic is the best big in the NBA still. I mean, Jokic is pretty tough. Like, after actually paying attention to him more this year, I kind of see what you're talking about, but I'm still going AD. Like, I think he's proven to be... No, it's one and one A. It's like Duncan and Garnett. Like, they're (laughs) both so good, you know? Yeah, they are. Okay. All right, I'll give you that. So you, you change your ways a little bit, though. So that's cool. That's all I need to hear. Yeah, look, I need I need to yeah, go for it. When I don't know who the Rockets were playing, but James Harden made that great defensive play at the end of the game to win it. <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm using my words right now. Yeah, I said, okay, James Harden, make that defensive play. You showed me what's up. James Harden I heard you. James Harden also, <laughs> I think, gets a really unfair rap. Like, so, but then also I see the other side of it. So here's so with James Harden, the thing that frustrated me is, like, he stopped taking he stopped taking the deep three. Like, Damian Lillard, he takes the deep three all season, then in the playoffs keeps taking it. James Harden stops mm-hmm. taking that shot in the playoffs, and it's really frustrating because that team is built on that their spacing is 
unbelievable. So for him to be like that shot, nobody's ever going to guard you in that shot. You know, like that shot three steps past half court. So right. <laughs> it's one thing when they're doubling him and he's I mean, James Harden's been in an unfair situation for the past four years. Like, I think he's been good to the point where we don't realize that that team around him is not good enough. And mm-hmm. his defense was bad at one point, but then it got better. But, yeah, I also – I soured on James Harden a little bit in this playoffs because, uh, yeah, he just stopped taking the crazy shots that made the whole rest of the team feel like they – he got kind of passive against the Lakers. I mean, he knew they were going to lose that series, and that was – yeah, he kind of did the same thing that uh, we talked about when teams played Seattle where – and you look, the Heat are playing the Lakers – the way Minnesota played Seattle and they're stealing games from them. Exactly. Like you have to play to win. Like you can't ever go into a game thinking, Oh, we're not going to win this. Like, especially in the playoffs, like everything can happen. Harden needs a trade. That's like, they need to, I, I mean, I think they should blow up the Rockets. Like I really, really think that the Rockets, this is my crazy prediction for next year. If the Rockets stay together (laughs) as they're assembled, they won't be a playoff team next year. What? Yeah, I mean, no. I was thinking about it. I think that the Grizzlies are going to be a playoff team. I think that the Warriors will be a top three team in the in the West. I think that um, the Suns are going to be competitive. The Kings are going to be competitive. The Pelicans are going to be competitive. And the Timberwolves are going to be competitive. Like, some of those teams are going to be in the playoffs. And then I think the Nuggets, Clippers, and Lakers are locks. I don't think the Rockets will be a playoff team. I think the Jazz will be a playoff team, and I don't think the Rockets will be next year. So they should just mm-hmm. trade their guys. And also, like, there's so many teams that would benefit. Like, if you put Harden on the Bucks, then the Bucks are, like, a championship contender. Like, they're, the Bucks are elite instead of just being this frustrating team that doesn't have a crunch time score. Hmm. That's interesting. Do you think that – wait, did they get a new coach yet? No, and that's the other thing. They're going to get a bottom – not like a bottom-of-the-barrel coach, but they're going to get somebody who's not going to – what are they going to do? Like, that's – here's the thing. How are you going to motivate Westbrook and Harden to play their ass off all year knowing they're going to get bounced in the first round or the second round? I mean, nobody – they don't think that, though. I guarantee you Harden and Westbrook are not thinking we're going to get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. I don't know. Like, there's no they way they're like that. I mean, <laughs> they just didn't seem I like mean, they thought they could beat the Lakers at any point. Even after they won game one, they were like, oh, thank God we're not going to get swept. Like, they just didn't play like they thought they could beat the Lakers. It was very weird. I mean, maybe they were tired. I feel like that had something to do with it. Like, that bullshit is hard, especially for their season because they had a long-ass break. Like, that's really tough. Yeah. So, and then they just – I feel like they was playing – their first series went to seven games, and then they had to go against the Lakers. Like, that's tiring. I think there's guys that need new situations. I think Harden's one of them. I think, like, Embiid's one of them. Like, I just think that he needs to be in a new city. Like, some – like, for different reasons. I think Harden needs to be in a new place so he can just almost, like, put everything behind him. Like, oh, this is a new chapter. Because it feels like he has, like, residual stress from coming close – those two years where they were really, really close. Mm -hmm. And then Embiid needs to be in a new situation so that he can stop treating himself 
like he's got a ring already. Like he just it's weird to me like when you know sit with Sixers Celtics like Embiid clearly didn't want it as much as Tatum or Brown. Like really those two guys mm-hmm. played like they needed to be champions and Embiid was like very take it or leave it. Yeah. I mean I don't think he's going to be in Philly next year. I hope not I because know. I don't know. I'm it's not stunning a, I'm not his growth a little bit. No, but I just think it's stunning his growth. I think he'll probably he probably will be because they got Doc and they're gonna hope that Doc can fix things and maybe Doc will be able to fix things. But like, yeah, Embiid. I'm trying to think of like the right. You know what it reminds me of a little bit? It's like, um, hmm. Yeah, I was. It's kind of like with uh. With Big Sean, where Big Sean was like under the Kanye umbrella, he was like Kanye's sidekick for too long, and then, you know, when it became time for him to be like in that next group with that with like J Cole and Drake and all of them, he kind of had like a sidekick mentality for a little bit, and he was just like a little bit a step behind all those guys, so. Hmm. Yeah. Never would have made that comparison, but it's not <laughs> a perfect like comparison that. because, like, if, Big if, Sean. I, I understand what you're saying, though. Yeah, Big Sean was like a team player, and that's in the good music situation, so it's kind of completely different. But it's more so just the thing of sometimes a situation stunts a guy's growth, and uh, they just need it. You know, what's a better comparison is D'Angelo Russell in L.A. starting his career because. Him being yeah. in that weird Kobe situation. And Ingram, too. Both of those guys, it put them in a really weird place. And it's taken a lot. Like, Russell's been able to adjust. And now Ingram's starting to adjust. But, like, it's just weird mm-hmm. to be in a not-the-right-situation-for-you-out-the-gate. Yeah, that does. That is tough. And it, it kind of sucks. Like, yeah, I want to say the years are wasted. But it's like, damn, you could have had a better start to your career no Embiid like if you put Embiid on Atlanta like to me I look at a guy like Trey Young or even a guy like Devin Booker and I look at those guys and I go that would be such a better guy for Embiid to play with like situationally like Trey Young's Mm going to do most of the offense but then when they send it to the ball to Embiid he gets to dominate two two people or whatever like I just think that facilitates growth from him more because he's doing something that he understands like in Philly he's asked to work a lot on his weaknesses and I Mm -hmm. think it'd be better if he got to work more on his strengths yeah no that makes sense I mean it'll be interesting to see what happens this offseason and I even wonder like when the next season's gonna start like because it's obviously what is it October like when are they thinking about yeah no (laughs) it'll again I think it'll start, like, January. I mean, basically, Embiid's not as good as Davis and Jokic, and that's okay. Like, it's okay to be not the best player at your position in the NBA, but then there's also a thing of, like, I don't know. He's just got to – Paul. you know, when we talk about Paul George, like, Paul George said some stuff that was out of touch, but it was for an understandable reason of, like – you know, people aren't going to be able to relate to being – to, like, being a millionaire and and also having mental health stuff. 
because they can't relate to the millionaire part. But with Embiid, what people really can't relate to is talking like you're elite and then not trying as hard as the elite guys. Like, it's one thing to, you know, like with Giannis, Giannis has shortcomings in his game, but at least effort's not, effort is never one of them. I think that's the big thing with Embiid. You can say everything you yeah. want to say as long as you're the hardest working person. Yeah, and sometimes he definitely doesn't come off as that, which is crazy because I feel like when he was going against like Andre or um, Andre Drummond or like yeah. Hassan Whiteside, I feel like he was trying to like go in there and kill them. But I feel like he only he has to like get up for those games. He doesn't have that kind of like consistently, and well, I feel he, like that's kind of his downfall. I want to say his downfall. No, for but, sure. You know I mean? That's exactly what. It, well, the thing with Embiid that I think it's just like he needs to understand is he tries to kill the other center. He needs to try to kill the other team. And that's why Boston fucked him up so bad. Cause he was like, I'm out playing dice like crazy. And it's like, who cares? Like you need to kill <laughs> the other team. You need to seek no, you're out. So right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, when you put it like that, cause I'm thinking like, Oh yeah, him against, Andre, he lit him up that one game and this and this and this. But, like, yeah, like, you worried about beating the center. Like, you got to beat the team, dude. Like, yeah. it don't matter if you're giving this guy buckets if you're still losing. And like, Bede always plays – he plays uh, – Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. He plays uh, the Bucks great because they put Giannis on him. He plays the Lakers mm-hmm. great. They put Davis on him. He plays the Nuggets great. Like, but And he plays the Timberwolves amazingly. But then, you know, it's time to play the Celtics or whoever, you know. Toronto and Toronto fucks him up, so it's a problem. Yeah, well, we'll see. I'm excited to see what the the moves are this off season. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think both leagues are in such a good situation. Like next year, like I think both leagues, the bubble was amazing, and then next year, I really think that most of the best teams in both leagues will be even better. Like Seattle's probably at about the same level, but then. The Aces are way better. The Sparks get Shanae back. The Mystics are way, way better. Like, it's going to be crazy. And then you look at the NBA, and these teams, like, these young teams are going to really push these older older teams. And then also, teams like the Clippers will have a year of playing together. The Lakers will have a year of Davis and LeBron together. Like, there'll be some more cohesiveness to those teams, too. Even Miami will be better next year. Oh, yeah. Miami's going to be a problem for a little bit. I think they were a surprise this year, and I put that in quotes because I think JR was the only one that called them being in the finals besides diehard Miami fans. I said I did it. not see that. I said it. Oh, uh, did you? Yeah, yeah, like way back, maybe even before the coronavirus. Like I remember I oh, watched wow. uh, a Bucks Before game. Corona? That seemed like six years ago. I, no, no. It, 2006, <laughs> I called it. Uh, but, no, it's I remember saying, I think on here, that uh, Jimmy Butler plays like he thinks he's the better than everybody, and I hope he's right, and I just think that the Heat are, yeah, the best team in the East. Oh, wow. Well, props to you too, then, because I did not see that coming. So they surprised the hell out of me. Well, I didn't think that Bam was going to be this good. I thought that they were going to do more of like a center by committee thing. So I was way wrong about that. Like I thought that 
uh, Olenek would be a little better and they would, you know, just play situationally with those two. And then I didn't know that um, – real like people talk about Tyler Hero. Duncan Robinson is probably more deserving of that. Like I think that mm-hmm. – do you see them on social media where they're comparing him to Jimmy Neutron's friend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my second favorite thing on social media. And I also – I hate Twitter so much. You don't like that? See, I – I love that, and I was making jokes about him looking like Logic, and then I saw that, and I was like, that's even better than mine. Oh, wow. But yeah, wow. I like him a lot, and then, uh, yeah, I, I think, I thought people were really shitty about Kendrick Nunn at the beginning of the series. Like, I think Kendrick Nunn is actually good, and is only going to get better. Yeah, Miami's going to be a really good team, especially if they get Giannis. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, what do you think? He stays? I think he's staying. Okay. Why why would why do you think he'll stay? I mean, didn't he tweet that he wasn't going nowhere? I mean he can't believe every, I mean, everything everyone Ky- says, but Kyrie tweeted that too when he was in Boston. Oh shit. Oh, okay. Well I guess I have no legitimate answer to that question. I just really <laughs> feel like he doesn't wanna I mean he obviously wants to win. I don't know, because winning when you have the chance to go to a team where you feel like you can win, it's it's hard to say no but i really want to believe that he wants to do it in milwaukee like i just I think so come too. on man you got it i think you he can do it i think like when lebron retires <laughs> <laughs> but so i think that he is lebron might not be retired seven years from now that's the crazy thing but yo that's wild <laughs> but so i think that he does want to be a milwaukee i think that he kind of I think it means a lot to him that Milwaukee was the first place he really set foot in in America like that. Like, I don't even, mm-hmm. I don't think he ever played at like an American high school or anything like that. I think it was straight to Milwaukee. They welcomed him. Like, you know, he got treated very well by the fans. Like, he didn't have any weird thing like with Przingis where the fans were out on him out the gate and then came around. Um, right. And I think that it means a lot to him that they drafted him as high as they did because he probably would have still been on the board four or five picks later if they hadn't. But but on the flip side of that, Middleton makes a lot of sense next to him, and same with Lopez. But everybody else on that lineup is just not complimentary of his skill set. I mean, Kyle Korver, right. Kyle Korver's 40. Like, I just think that, I mean, it's tough because Bledsoe's like a a good, good regular season point guard, but then he I don't know that there's a lot of finals teams that he would make sense on. Yeah, it's just not it's not a very well constructed team, and then their coach really just wants to keep doing one thing over and over again, and that doesn't really work in the playoffs. Like that's the Rockets and the Bucks, ironically, have very similar problems. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know. And I, I hope he don't leave, though. Ironically, the most perfect guy to put with Giannis would be Harden. That's the ironic thing. And those two hate each other, but those are the – it's kind of like how Kawhi would have been the absolute best person to put with LeBron, and then he wanted to be on his own team. And, like, is there any part of you that wishes that Kawhi was on this Lakers team? Uh, no, I feel like that's – Nah, I do. I think it's I think it's better when there's like I like it when it's a lot of competitive people, like a lot of competitive teams. I do too, but I also I would love if LeBron was 
on a team that was in the debate for greatest team of all time. Like, I think it's kind of, it kind of sucks that, you know, LeBron's as good as he is. It's not LeBron's fault at all, but he's going to have like an 18 year career of being elite and he'll never have been on a team that was in that conversation. And like Shaq and Kobe got to be on a team like that. Jordan did bird magic, Kevin Durant. He's like the one oh, that's guy who never got. And if you put Kawhi on this Lakers team, I think that they would be a top three team of all time, maybe the best team of all time. Because basically, Danny Green and KCP split Kawhi's money. That's the crazy thing. Wow. Yeah. Imagine that starting lineup of, like, Rondo. And they would have had KCP either way because he's, like, got clutch tattooed on his face like Blueface. So (laughs) he would have been – he would have taken the minimum to stay – on the clutch Lakers. So like they would have probably still had a starting lineup of like Rondo, KCP, Kawhi, LeBron, and Davis. Like that's, you know, maybe the greatest team of all time. Damn. I mean, that would be, that'd be up there for sure. And Jimmy Butler it's just still would have stolen hard two to... games. <laughs> <laughs> but it's harder. I mean, it's just hard to say they're the greatest team when, you know, Golden State did their little 73 wins. Yeah. Uh, the Bulls had their little 72, not little 72, but it's tough when your record doesn't show. Jordan's going to come for you. Little? He's, <laughs> he's going to, like, block your personal. door with newspapers of every win, every sports section oh, after man. every win. Yeah. Don't come for me. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, like, that's the one thing. So I wish Kawhi was uh, – I mean, you know what? It's fine that he's not – I just – but I really do think that Harden and Giannis kind of need each other. And, I mean, Giannis will be fine. Like, he can go to the Heat or the Warriors and win two rings pretty easily, I think, because the coaching on both those teams is so good, and he's so good, and the teams are so good, they'll put him in the right situations. But if you wanted to simply fix the Bucks, then you would just trade Eric Bledsoe and every first-round pick you had for Harden. Okay, GM, make it happen. <laughs> I wish I could. Let me see these. Let me see these moves you make in off season. I mean, I really want to put uh, Embiid on the Hawks because I think like if you put Embiid with somebody like Trey Young, and then also in his like in his mentions on Twitter was every Atlanta rapper and musical act being like, "You need to win one for the city." I think then we can get like. I just think Embiid does have that Shaq potential. And he has, like, some – he can do some Hakeem things, too. Like, he might be the most talented. Now I'm talking myself back into it. But, like, he might be the most talented (laughs) big in the NBA. But he's just the the third or fourth. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's as talented as Jokic and Davis. But there's also a clear gap in, in, like, the body of work with him and those two. Yes. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. (laughs) <laughs> whatever i mean it's it's okay it's okay not every not every player is gonna like live up to everybody's expectation of them but i think there's a better case for being upset with somebody like Embiid than somebody like danny green i mean i think that's a little bit goofy i mean maybe just going in on danny green that's why i do feel bad but i'm also like dude just making shots but it's not that easy <laughs> like all these people saying he sucks. I'm like, you get in the game, you're not making that shit. Like, oh for sure, guaranteed, you're not. You're not making. You might make one out of a hundred. 
maybe. No, that shot is a stressful shot. I mean, it's just tough, man. Like, you, you make that shot and people go, that's what's supposed to happen. I mean, the thing is also most of these people that are mad are Lakers fans. Like, Snoop Dogg's mad at him. He's a Lakers fan. So right. if on the other side of the court, Duncan Robinson misses that exact same wide open shot, Snoop Dogg's not going to be like, Duncan Robinson, you need to make that. He's going to be like, LeBron, the GOAT. Like, it's just, right. there's an imbalance there. Like, at the end of the day, it's one missed shot. Yeah, it's wide open. You want to make it, but, like, shit happens. Yeah. You know? You can't make every single shot. It's impossible. I mean, the play before. I would love to see someone. Yeah, go. Go ahead. Uh, well, the play before, the play before, uh, somebody I forget who airballed. I think it was KCP. Really bad airball, but Davis cleaned it up and you know, like, put it in. And it's like, so you can't. It's not even fair with that stuff. It's not like, like the other guy airballed it, but it's it's just results oriented with that stuff. Oh, for sure. Because even if you lose, like, a close game like that, but think about something happening in the first quarter. You missed the open layup or you had a bad turnover. They got an easy fast break. Like, those all add up, but you're not going to remember that. you just going to remember the last play, the yeah. one that you missed the shot or the one, like, the very last thing, or you made the foul. Like, yeah. that's what you remember. Or the time that they don't people... Care about the rest. They don't care about the rest of the 47 minutes and 45 seconds. Just the last 15 seconds is what matters. No, 100%. I mean... Or the or the time when the timekeepers run the last half second off the clock when you have the perfect play. And... Listen, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so mad. Oh, I didn't want to think about that no more. Was that top uh, five had... most frustrating losses of your career? Mm, it was up there. Yeah, I think just the situation. Like we were so close. They were like one of the top teams. We had them. And we weren't winning any games at all. So, yeah, that was definitely up there. And it's like, we could have done stuff better, like I said. But, like, to not even have that be our fault, like, the last part. And then, like, somebody outside the court fucked it up for us. Like, yeah, that was... <sighs> but anyways. On to better things. Positivity. No, for real. On to better things for real, though. Because I think that you guys are going to make a huge jump next year. Um, and I think that then the year after you got like your team's built uh solidly moving forward. Like I think that um you know, I think that getting uh Asia and Sabrina back is gonna be really big. I think that I like hearing that Jasmine is talking shit game to game. Oh yeah, I love her. She is hilarious. Like I really do love her. Yeah, I'm so excited for next season for both leagues. I think it's, it's like the finals aren't even over. That is the one frustrating thing about like the Lakers. So with the Heat being the underdog, I still feel like everybody, if the Heat win, there's going to be like a moment where everyone goes, ha ha, LeBron, yeah, Heat. But then everybody's going to be bummed a week later. But if LeBron wins, I think, and the Lakers win, I think the momentum will carry everything to next season in a more fun way. So I just, I already can't wait for next season. <laughs> <laughs> right, me too. I want it to just be somewhat normal. 
Yeah. Like with not the the big break for them because I think that's that's tough. Oh yeah, vaccine would be nice. You know what? If they can if they can figure out this coronavirus thing a little, what's it like being in Turkey and it's being handled better? Is it noticeable that it's being handled better over there? Um, I mean, life is pretty much back to normal. I mean, restaurants aren't fully open. Like it's limited capacity. Everyone walks around with masks and sanitizer everywhere. Um, which is good. And then, like, for us, we get tested twice a week. Um, Are hookah bars so not, open again? No, nah, hookah is not That's open. A lot of entertainment up. stuff is a lot of inter- entertainment stuff is closed. Probably for the best. Nah, um, no, you, you don't have to say that. You can really go hard <laughs> on, I don't know whoever their leadership is, but if they are going to take y'all's hookah away from you, that is unacceptable. Listen, I think I can survive. Um... You're playing, yeah, like, video games from world. 2010. I don't think it's good. I think that... <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm fine. I've been hanging out with my teammates. We've been trying to find new restaurants. Um, you know, we wear our masks. We're safe and yeah. all that. Because if we get a positive test, I think we were, like, 14 days, no questions asked, like, stuck in the house. And I do not want that because I will go crazy. Yeah. So we got to do what we can out here. Like, have our fun, but be responsible and, you know, be safe and all that. Yeah, for sure. Now, I think that, like, you know, with cars, like, cars are in an enclosed space. So I think that's, like, a little more dangerous. So I do think that Fenerbahce has an obligation to get you a golf cart. <laughs> Man, I wish. If I, I mean, I might get me a little scooter. They have them little, you know, you can rent them in, like, L.A., yeah, you know, and just pick one up and drop it off. Like they have those out here too, so I think I can get one. Cause I'm really like a ten minute walk to the gym, but if I get my scooter, it's like a three minute scooter ride. So it's like maybe I'll just do that. I okay. Don't know. But I do have a driver that comes picks me up every day, so it's like, do oh, I really need it? Well, I mean, Not at really. that point, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You could still have the driver pick you up, but then you race him in the scooter, so it's like you start your morning <laughs> every day. With, like, some Fast and the nah, Furious nah. shit. Nah, they drive too crazy out here for that. Oh, yeah? It's really crazy. I don't Hell know. Yeah, J- look, if Jimmy they, Butler they were there, no rules. Jimmy Butler would be racing his driver every day in a scooter. I don't know. I think it'd be a good way to get your competitive juices flowing before practice and stuff. Or I could just, you know, wait until practice and then That's true. <laughs> leave hey, it on the court. You know... <laughs> Yeah, don't take don't take your advice from me with that stuff. Well, uh, <laughs> I think that's where we should end it. Um, thanks for uh, you know thanks thanks for uh, talk like telling everybody about all the uh, all the great basketball and everything like that. And uh, if you know people like I'm sure you you know if people want to like ask you stuff or message stuff that uh, we can talk about on here. They can find you on Instagram at kstokes41. You can find me on Instagram at Will Posnan. And uh, thanks, guys, for listening. Yeah, thank you, guys. Until next time. Yeah, until next time. All right, great. That was really great. And, uh, yeah, that's – I thought that that uh, it was really interesting. Like, I didn't even think about – the wrinkle of there being less games making the games more competitive. Like, <laughs> that was it was just a really good episode. Yeah, I think it was good too. Cool. What do you got for the rest of today? Um, 
nothing. About to go make some dinner, lay down, ice my ankle, play this video game. Cool. That's really it. Nice. You know? Well, I'll be doing shit. If I want to message you, what's better, WhatsApp or Instagram? Um, either one is fine. My cool. phone's on. Cool. So, yeah, whatever works. All right, I'll talk to you later, Kia. Okay, sounds good. Bye. Bye.